This is episode number 121 with Dr. Sindra Kampoff. New concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Success 101 Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. And each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren, and I'm very excited today to bring you my guest, Dr. Sindra Kampoff. Dr. Kampoff is recognized nationally for her work and contributions to the field of performance psychology, and also as a high performance coach, author, professor, and speaker. And I've got to tell you guys, she brings a lot of passion and energy and authenticity to her work, her athletes, her performers, and the people that she works with in business on a day-to-day basis. Dr. Kampoff completed her PhD in sport and performance psychology and is a leader in her field, serving three years on the executive board of the Association for Applied Sports Psychology. And she definitely knows what she's talking about. She's got over 16 years of high performance work and has personally coached numerous elite Olympic, college, and high school athletes and teams. Dr. Kampoff also founded and still directs the Center for Sports and Performance Psychology. She's also a member of the United States Olympic Committee Sports Psychology Registry and was a former Division I collegiate runner and track and field athlete. In addition to working with the Olympic Committee, the Association for Applied Sports Psychology, and being a certified well coach, she also spends her time working with the Minnesota Vikings on performance and mindset-based coaching. As you guys know, I love the study and the psychology around mindset and how we can use our thoughts and our brains to help propel us to higher levels of performance each day. And I cannot think of a more qualified person to bring the study of mindset to you today here on the Success 101 podcast than Dr. Sindra Kampoff. Dr. Kampoff is a high performance coach and she works with business leaders and entrepreneurs and even elite NFL athletes to help them reach their best more often. And she's also the director of the Center of Sport and Performance Psychology and professor in performance psychology at Minnesota State University. And she's even got a podcast of her own, which is the High Performance Mindset Podcast. And that's also been downloaded in over 70 countries. She's got a weekly radio show and a TV spot on the CBS affiliate KEYC called 150 Seconds of Success. Dr. Kampoff has been featured in the New York Times, USA Today, Huffington Post, ESPN Magazine, and Runner's World Magazine, to name a few. So without any delay, let's cut to my conversation with Dr. Sindra Kampoff. Dr. Kampoff, how are you today? It's great to be here. Jared, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Keep up the awesome work with this. It's awesome. Thank you so much. And I've got a surprise for you. You may or may not have known this. You are the first female guest ever on the Success 101 podcast. Nice. No no pressure there. No pressure. So I I don't know that I engineered it that way intentionally by any means. It's just that the guests that I've had so far have been male, which kind of tends to trend more to male-dominated talks and things like that. But I know you have so much to offer 
in mindset coaching and just overall mindset strategies and techniques to help us to be at our best each day. And that's what this podcast is for, as my listeners know, is how do we reach peak performance in a highly active, highly busy and distracted world? How can we still be our best both at work, at home, on the playing field, anywhere, you know, whatever it is that our trade or our craft is. So excited to have you here. And why don't you fill in the gaps a little bit on the introduction and give us uh, your story, what led to your journey that you're on today and how you help people become their best? Yeah, Jared, well, you know, being the first female guest, that's actually pretty close to my life's purpose and mission. (laughs) I see myself blazing some trails for women in my field. So um, I actually take a lot of pride in that. (laughs) So thanks for sharing that with me. I really got interested in peak performance myself as a runner. I was a very successful, highly um, competitive high school runner, got a full ride college scholarship to run cross country and track. But then, you know, in college, I just I really struggled. I, I couldn't consistently run at my best and I was searching for answers um, and it led me to the field of, of performance psychology, which I'm actually grateful for those struggles now because I wouldn't be as passionate or excited about the work that I do now without those struggles. And that those struggles when I was in college really still fuel me today because I really want to help people and give them the strategies and tools so that they can be at their best more often. And I didn't find those. I couldn't find those. I didn't know where to look. And one of the things or the main thing that really got in my way as a college runner was my mindset Um, and my mind and what I was thinking about. I wasn't thinking confidently or believing in my ability. And uh, so I pursued my PhD in performance psychology and now have an amazing privilege of working with some of the, the nation's best athletes, some that are, gonna, are actually running right now at the Olympic trials um, in Oregon. And um, I work with an NFL team, Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, so I'm just I'm really grateful for the opportunities to live my passion. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about is, is making concepts uh, really sticky and easy to understand so that we can actually implement them. I think sometimes in my field, our topics are so like really high level and it's really hard for people and entrepreneurs and leaders and athletes to, to put them into practice. But it's one of the things I really try to do is give tangible strategies. So I'm hopeful that I will do that today for your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And mindset is such a big, big thing. Some of my listeners know this, maybe not even more the recent ones do because I haven't, I haven't discussed it in a while. I grew up a very, you know, I would just say, let's call it what it is. I was a very pessimistic, very negative person. And I wasn't the grumpy, pessimistic person. I wasn't the, you know, there's there's just some people that suck all the energy out of the room. I was just, you know, I was a realist, which I heard at one point was a closet pessimist. And I thought, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard, which is pessimism, you know, in and of itself right there. But I started realizing that mindset, what I thought was optimism was just the pie in the sky everything's perfect, nothing's going to be, you know, nothing's going to go wrong. And I couldn't buy into that because I realized that that's not a true life, you know, to live in. Things are going to go wrong. Things aren't going to go your way. You can't just dream up everything and become it. But what I started realizing was, is that there is functional optimism and functional optimism mindset where it says, look, the world's pretty rough around us and there's some bad things that are going to happen, but how are we going to plan and prepare for that? And look at all the great things around us that we have to be grateful for And I was really excited when I got a chance to get you on because I want my listeners, I just want them to hear more and more about mindset. The rut that I got stuck in last year, I would say, you know, it was going on before then, but last year is when I hit, you know, really just rock bottom with mindset and thought, oh my gosh, I don't want to live like this. There's got to be a better way of just thinking 
more clearly each day about my mission and purpose, thinking more confidently about myself, thinking just, you know, I don't want to steal any of your thunder here of what you're going to go into, but just why do people struggle so much with mindset? Even people who have accomplished lots of things still find confidence, you know, to be an issue or negative pessimism, things like that. But then people who are trying to achieve things out there that are, you know, that are getting up each day, working really hard and working their tail off to do things. Why is mindset such an issue for us when we have so many good things and great avenues around us? Yeah, Jared, that's a great question. You know, the way I talk about it is I describe the high performance mindset, and that's the name of my podcast. And really what I mean by high performance is just this daily pursuit of excellence and the quest of reaching your greater potential. And I emphasize yours because sometimes we can compare ourselves to others. Gosh, we experience doubt and fear and anxiety. And one of the things that I know is that what the best of the best do is they, they really work to master their thinking patterns. If you let your thoughts just, you know, just come naturally, they're typically going to be negative um, instead of positive. You know, one of the pieces of research that I read several years ago that was really eye-opening for me is uh, Barbara Fredrickson's work. And she wrote a book called Positivity. And she talks about what's called the three to one ratio. And when we have three positive emotions to every one negative emotion, that's when we flourish. Um, and if you think about it, you know, our emotions really happen because of our thoughts. Um, and so three to one ratio predicts that we flourish, that we feel like, you know, we're unstoppable. We're, we're really living life on purpose. Whereas if we have a one-to-one, -one, it predicts stagnation, like we don't change. And the opposite, a one, you know, one positive to three negative emotions predicts depression. And I think what the best do is they really work to master their thinking patterns. They, they're self-aware and they, they recognize that what they're thinking about makes a big difference in their success. And that's, you know, one of the things that I'm really passionate about, one of the th cool things that I get to do with you know, the, some of the best athletes is help them master their thinking patterns. And many of them are just so successful <laughs> that they've gotten there on talent alone. And then when you can combine this with mindset training, you know, it's pretty sweet to see just their performance and their consistency improve. But, you know, elite athletes aren't any different than us. We all, you know, have the same fears and doubts and experience a, a lack of self-confidence. I think one of the things that we do is we, we over-exaggerate things in our mind and Kind of what I mean by that is, you know, my experience in college was I, you know, had one bad race and then that led to another bad race because I was thinking so negatively about it. And then just that, you know, that, that just spiraled out of control. And then soon, you know, it was a bad season, just a season of not reaching my best. But I think what the best do is they stop the negative thinking and they, they are still, you know, telling themselves positive messages about, about their ability Instead of, you know, I can't do it, I won't do it, I don't know how, the best way to talk to yourself is I will, I can, and I am. You know, statements that, you know, like, I am confident, <laughs> I will do this, and I can do anything I want to, or, you know, anything I set my mind to. So I think that's how the best of the best talk to themselves is, you know, I will, I can, I am. And I know from my own personal experience, it was amazing to me. I, I never thought I was anyone that struggled with confidence. I'd achieved a lot in business. I'd achieved a lot in other areas of my life. And when I got to this point of just being, you know, I guess really just worn down in my, in my mindset and starting to realize it, it was amazing to me how when I started that self-talk, you know, we talk 
to ourselves all the time. So for someone out there like I was that was like, well, self-talk is silly. I'm not going to sit around and read affirmations to myself or read positive. Sure. I'm not going to do that. That's I don't need to tell myself I need to get up and, you know, conquer these things today or whatever. I mean, the thing I realized was you're still talking to yourself all day long, whether you want to call it that or not. But the problem is when you don't do it intentionally, when you don't have the, you haven't mastered the thinking pattern, as you mentioned, it's going to be negative talk because that's typically how we talk to ourselves. And it was amazing to me how whenever I just changed that, just that little shift of realizing whether I think this is silly or not, I know I'm going to be talking to myself all day long. And the problem is, unless I start doing it differently, it's going to be filled with negative emotion and not positive. And that was just, I mean, it was just like a, a night and day difference. It was a big shift for me to immediately build confidence, to gain insight, to gain wisdom. And it was like a light switch had, had gone off for me. And uh, speak to that a little bit on the people that you're coaching. When you get someone that's just stuck in a pattern, or maybe they think something's unnecessary to build into their life, how do you work with them to change their mindset? You know, I think, Jared, really what you're talking about is what I would describe as automatic negative thoughts or ants. You know, and, and if you let your thoughts just to go to chance, that's what you're going to experience is ants. And it's kind of like, you know, when you have ants in your kitchen, you don't just have one, you know, they grow and grow and grow and they multiply. And then all of a sudden you have a kitchen full of ants, and, you know, and nobody wants that. You know, we take out the raid when we see ants and the same thing is necessary for your mind. I think it's really important not to let that negativity grow to grow and grow. And it's really, you know, maybe natural or, you know, just to let your mind do that. But what the best do is, is they take control of it. Um, and I think the first step, Jared, is really what I would describe as self-awareness. You know, you have to pay attention to your thoughts and you have to listen, you know, but instead of just listening, you have to talk to yourself. And so you have to pay attention to them. You have to notice them, but then you have to intentionally talk to yourself. And that's kind of what I was describing about, you know, I will, I can, I am. And I think our automatic negative thoughts are, I won't, I can't, I don't know how, but the most successful entrepreneurs, business leaders, you know, in any field, the elite athletes, they're telling themselves all the reasons they can instead of the reasons that they can't. So, you know, when I'm starting to work with somebody, we have a conversation about self-talk and, and what that sounds like. And, you know, when they're at their best, what are they saying to themselves? What are, how are they feeling? And when I describe to them, you know, when I ask them to describe moments of flow, they're talking about, you know, they're saying really positive things to themselves. And so once we can kind of describe the difference between when they're at their best and at their worst, they start seeing that their thoughts really have a big difference and a, a really big difference in how they feel and, and how they perform because everything starts with our thoughts, right? Everything starts with our thinking patterns. So that's why it's, I think it's really important to master it and, and to think in a really powerful, productive way that's focused on, you know, all the possibilities of things that you can do instead of these kind of negative and reactive thinking patterns. So self-awareness is really what I would describe as where to start. And for, you know, the, those listening is, I think is really important is just pay attention, pay attention to, you know, how do you feel when you're thinking negative? And then what happens, you know, to your performance, to your conversations with other people, what happens to your relationships? I know when I'm talking positively to myself, I'm a much better mother and wife. And, you know, I just treat people much better when I'm really talking to myself in a really purposeful way. So I think that's where it starts. Yeah. And I don't mean to make this sound easy, you know, by any means. I mean, the, the brief example of my life that I gave a few minutes ago, I, I spared all the details. Some people have heard them, some people haven't, but it's not, I mean, I'm sure you have people you coach that catch on very quickly 
to the mindset. Maybe they are at rock bottom like I was from a mindset standpoint. And someone who's gotten there, I'm sure you would agree, it doesn't take a lot for them to make a switch because they're so tired of where they are and they're tired of feeling the way that they do each day and they're tired of beating their head against the wall that a small change makes them go, oh my gosh, there is a better life out there. There's a better mindset. I can be a better person to my family. I can be a better person to my employees and my coworkers. And, you know, for your sports athletes, it's just a, it's a performance issue, you know, at that point, gaining more confidence. And then there's others that probably take quite a while to break into, I'm, I'm sure. But I want to revisit that for a second because I did not mean to make it seem like my change was easy. It's still a very much a work in progress, but I'm very excited about where I'm going and really why the podcast was created. Yeah, that's awesome. So Dr. Sandra, I don't want to steal any of your thunder here, but I know you've got a top 10 traits of high performers. Uh, it's a, an illustrated PDF here that I can link to your website so that my listeners can see this. And I hadn't thought to do this and you know, maybe maybe we just tackle a few of these, but if you'd want, or if you want me to, I can read off the 10 of these, and then maybe we can find a couple of these to tackle that you think people have the most, they struggle with the most, or they have the most frustration with when it comes to really trying to reach high performance, but being stuck in a rut, if that, okay. if that works. That for sounds you. awesome. Yeah. And this actually is, um, I'm finishing my first book, Jared. So this is this will be the content of my first book. So I'm really excited about it. Very good. When does your book come out? It'll come out this fall. This fall. Okay, so we can link to that as well and uh, and then give everyone an update as well once that comes out. But top 10 traits of high performers. Who I mean, who wouldn't want to figure these out, right? And I'll have you elaborate on the ones you think are most important. Number one, they are gritty. Number two, they have a clear purpose to their work. Number three, as you've already mentioned, they master their thinking patterns. Number four, they have high self-awareness. Number five, they control the controllables. Love that one. Number six, they choose empowering emotion. I think that's where you were talking about the three to one ratio on choosing empowering emotion. Number seven, they are comfortable being uncomfortable. We could all work on that one. They consciously practice authenticity daily. Number nine, they are self-compassionate. And number 10, they dominate the moment. So, I, I mean, I think we could do a whole podcast just on every single one of those. Which ones do you think are the most empowering for someone who is just stuck in a rut trying to find high performance and just not getting there? I think it all starts with mastering your thinking patterns, but that's something we've already kind of touched on. So I think it'd be great if we would talk about number one, they're gritty and really what that means. I like number five, which is they control the controllables, which I, I do find that pretty much everybody I work with does struggle with this one at some point. And then I think number seven, they're comfortable being uncomfortable. And, you know, cause, because when we stay in our comfort zone, we don't grow. And so high performers really know that the magic happens outside their comfort zone but that, you know, outside your comfort zone is a place that's pretty scary. So I think those three we should talk about. How's that sound? Great. Absolutely. You're the coach on this. So I'm going to let you lead the way. Okay. Let's start with their gritty. And, you know, what grit really means is having passion and perseverance for your long-term goals. So, you know, what the best do is they know where they're going and they have a clear vision for where they want to go, but they stay gritty and excited and passionate in their quest to do so. And I think one of the things, Jared, that really gets in, in people's ways is that, you know, we experience a setback and then we think, gosh, maybe this isn't, this isn't for me or things don't go perfectly kind of the way we expect it. And so we kind of give up on our, our goals and our dreams. 
but high performers do the opposite. So they stay gritty despite the setbacks. And I, I think of grit sort of like, oh, I have this phrase that I use a lot. And the phrase is, you know, no grit, no pearl. And what I mean by that is, is if you have researched how a single pearl is made, you know, it takes about 10 years to develop a really large pearl and, you know, two to three years to make just, just a small one. And the pearl starts with like the single irritation where a piece of sand or grit or shell kind of serves as a parasite inside the oyster. And as a result, you know, the oyster builds up layers and layers of what's called calcium carbonate. And then, you know, around this piece of, of grit or sand, and these layers gradually become this valuable pearl. And I kind of think of our life as like a pearl. You know, if you think about it, nothing has ever happened that's really magnificent without some kind of struggle or without some kind of difficulty. And if you look at the best of the best, so I'm, I'm thinking of like Steve Jobs, you know, Oprah Winfrey, Michael Jordan, Mia Hamm, Steph Curry, like, you know, their journeys to, you know, the best weren't, weren't just, you didn't, everything didn't go perfectly, right? It took like rebounding from setbacks. And one of the things I, I describe a lot is like how I think, you know, every difficulty happens for us and we can either we can either use that difficulty to um, really be at our best and use what we're what we learn from that or not, you know. And so I, I really see I think what the best do is they see a setback as a comeback. I mean, a classic example is Michael Jordan when he got cut from, you know, his high school basketball team. That was the thing that made him the best you know, player maybe perhaps to ever play the game. And that, you know, is meant several decades later. And so I think what the best do is they really stay hungry and passionate, even though the going gets tough because, you know, nothing goes perfectly is what I'm saying. And we all experience setbacks. We all experience struggles. Like I described at the beginning, Jared, like I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now if I didn't experience a lot of struggles when I was in college. Um, and that just has made me way more passionate about what I do. And that's what I see the best do is, you know, every setback, you know, a bad race, a missed field goal, you know, just a, a year that you didn't perform at your best or, you know, you didn't get the dream client or didn't get the dream job is I think what the best do is they, they take what they learn from it. Don't let it impact their confidence and stay confident, but really use that to motivate them. So Dr. Kampoff, I know there's a lot of people, especially in, uh, you know, in the male dominated world or male dominated businesses that might hear that and say grit, you know, what a cliche. That's just, you know, I don't have to tell myself that I need more grit. I'm going to get up I'm gonna be rough and tough, go to work each day, muscle it through, bang my head against the wall, work harder when I need to. That doesn't always work. I mean, to me, if you still have that mindset at some point of your life, it's either to, in my opinion, you haven't worked hard enough as you think you have, or you just haven't gotten beaten down uh, by just the stress of the world or the priorities or the duties or responsibilities. To me, that's when grit kicks in. It's doing whatever you have to do to get the job done. What would you say to someone, you know, even if it's your NFL players on the Minnesota Vikings or anyone, any of the other athletes uh, or just your typical business executive that says, hey, I, you know, I'm not really about all this grit talk. I'll just get up and do what I need to do each day. What would you say to that? You know, I would say that I think there's a lot of misconceptions on what really grit is. And, you know, grit really means having perseverance and passion for your very long-term goals. And I think what the best do is they stay fueled in their journey. So they know what they want. They know what they want, you know, one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. 
but they stay really purposeful with that. And I think sometimes we can push, 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 and then we just get unbalanced and we we're not treating people, you know, around us very kindly. And, and so I think really what grit is, is, is staying true to what you want, but staying passionate about it. And I think that passion is a practice. And what I mean by that is, you know, I think about myself and in my own career, I have to remind myself every single day why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I, I do that intentionally so that I can stay fueled and excited. And so I can really, you know, give the best that I can and, and serve the people that I'm intended to serve. And I think sometimes we, we think like, I'm just going to push, 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 push. That's not really what grit, grit is about. You know, to me, grit is really about staying with your goals long-term even in setbacks. And I think, oh man, I've been watching, you know, the Olympic trials. And I think about Michael Phelps is an excellent example. You know, Michael's had a lot of difficulties, some DUIs and, you know, things like that, that didn't happen, that didn't, you know, weren't great that, you know, obviously he's, he's not proud of, but those are the things that have now made him so more passionate about swimming and more focused. And I, I was watching this commercial called Rule Yourself. And it was actually featuring Michael Phelps and it was an Under Armour commercial. And it was pretty cool because it really kind of demonstrated the physical sacrifices that he's made in his quest for these Olympics this year. And, you know, we don't see these things. We don't see how hard he's working, but he's like swimming alone and, you know, training hardcore in the weight room and carbo loading and doing all these ice baths. You know, and when we watch the Olympics, we just see him, you know, perform at his best, but we don't really see what it takes. And that's what really grit is about is doing the things that maybe you don't really feel like doing to, to help you get to where you want to go. I like the Navy SEAL phrase called, you know, embrace the suck. And, and to me, it's like we do have to embrace sometimes that it, it's not perfect and it does suck, but we can't really like live in the suck, you know? So... I think that Michael Phelps is a great example of grit because he's he's intentionally staying passionate about what he's doing and and working really really hard at it but he's you know working to stay balanced and you know fueled at the same time. Yeah, I heard a story about him at one point that for 12 years he basically did not I mean 7 days a week 365 days a year even on Christmas he had to train and I think he got off practice once early to go to a school dance or something like that. And yeah, you're right. We just see Michael Phelps on TV, just show up and swim. And, you know, we're like, oh, he's pretty talented. You know, yeah. to me that, I yeah. mean, I don't know how the guy didn't get extremely burnt out of, I mean, right. just imagine how tiring, uh, you know, just being in a pool. I mean, it's not even like you're running and you're seeing new scenery all the time. You're just you're in a pool. Uh, so yeah. that is awesome. And then, uh, and then, yeah, embrace the suck. I mean, I'd forgotten about that. I heard that years ago and you just brought it, you know, back full circle to me. Yeah. Embrace that and just know that it's going to be tough along the way, but that your grit and your perseverance is what's going to, is what's going to take you through. What is the next important one you want to move on to here that you think would be next in line? Let's move on to control the controllables. So really what that means is high performers. Again, that means, you know, if you're working daily to pursue your excellence and, you know, the quest to reach your, your highest potential, they control the controllables. So they focus on what they can control, which is the way I describe it is your ape. 
your attitude, your preparation, and your effort. And they dominate the things that they can't control. Like, you know, they, they dominate their reaction to like their boss or their coworkers or their teammates or the environment. And what I find is we spend way too much time focused on things that we can't control. In sport, I see it where people are focused on the weather, like the wind or the heat, or, you know, they're focused on what their teammate said or their coach said. In business, I see, you know, they're focused on the economy or a client saying no, or they're focused on their competitors instead of really every single day focusing on, you know, how can I have my best attitude today? You know, how can I really be at my best today? thinking productively and positively and focus on all the possibilities for myself and my business or my team. And then they're, they're preparing, right? They're staying gritty. They're really working every day, you know, to be at their best. They're not just going through the motions, but they're working deliberately to be, you know, at their highest level. And then they're giving their best effort when it counts. And, you know, they're, they're really working on that. And what I find is, you know, sometimes people just are unfamiliar with this concept, Jared, like, you know, they, they haven't heard the phrase control the controllables or they haven't heard really what that even means. And what I really help them do is whenever they notice themselves focusing on the weather, you know, what I describe is like when you're spending time focused on things you can't control, you're just wasting time, you know, you, and the way I even describe it is like to lead athletes is like, that means like, you know, one less minute that you're going to be in the NFL or one less minute that, you know, you're training to be at your best when we're focused on things we can't control. And so what I encourage people to do is to really just bring their attention back to what they can control, which is their attitude, their preparation and their effort, you know, and how, how can you be at your best in this moment? And then the next time you notice focusing on things you can't control, ask yourself, how can be, how can I be at my best in this moment right now? And I find this is one of the, the main concepts I talk to people about, teams about, you know, when I first start working with them, just, you know, my elite athletes and entrepreneurs and leaders, it's like, we got to focus on what we can control. So that's your ape. And I wanted to do like this ape noise right now as I'm talking to you, because it's what I do <laughs> <laughs> with the football teams I'm working with. So dominate your ape. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, this wasn't me picking up on this, guys. Uh, Dr. Kampoff actually shared this with me, so I wasn't picking on her. But you did admit to me that you're a pretty short person. And yes. I'm picturing you like walking into the Minnesota Vikings locker room trying to tell these guys what mindset they should have and like uh, talking to them about being ape. So uh, I am short. So one of the college teams that I've worked with, you know, one time somebody said to me like, Syndra, like, why are you so short? And I, I just wasn't sure how to respond to that. You know, so I was like, well, I'm a marathoner. Marathoners are supposed to be short, <laughs> you know, but uh, I do, you know, I do look differently. And sometimes, you know, I really have to embrace that because, you know, I think that that allows me to to be at my best when I'm focusing on, you know, what what the impact that I can make and and perhaps, you know, how I am different. And then tell us about the last one here that you had in mind as far as whenever I'd ask about the three most impactful or most important ones in the list of 10. The last one I would describe is they're comfortable being uncomfortable. And what that means is when we stay in our comfort zone, we don't grow, we don't learn, you know, but what really high performers do is they know that the magic happens outside their comfort zone. And I'll, I'll give you a great example. So um, my family and I, we bought a boat last summer. It's our first boat. And it's awesome because I love spending time with my kids on the boat. Like there's no distractions. And it's just like, 
me and my husband and our two boys and my my son yesterday for the first time kneeboarded. So I have, I have two boys, they're seven and nine. And my nine-year-old kneeboarded for the first time, whereas like my seven-year-old is kneeboarded like all summer last summer, yeah. <laughs> all summer this summer. And afterwards I was like, Carter, you know, look what can happen. Look, look how awesome it feels when you try something new and you get out of your comfort zone. Because he was just like smiling when he got done. And I, I think that's what the best do is they're continually growing and evolving. The phrases that come to my mind are, you know, embrace the suck. Like, you know, it's not always going to be perfect. You are going to experience the fear. And as I got out there with my business about kind of four years ago, I was so scared about what people would say. I was scared about, you know, people would critique my podcast or, you know, critique the videos that I was sending out. And I, I was noticing that this fear was really holding me back. Like I just couldn't be my best. I couldn't bring the energy, you know, the passion um, to my work. And when I realized that everybody experiences this fear when you're trying something new, but I think what the best do is, is they choose courage instead of fear. Do they really choose to have courage in themselves and, and, and faith that they can do it instead of the fear. So they choose faith over fear. Or they choose courage over fear. And the way, you know, when people are saying, well, you know, Cinder, like, how do I do this? And it's like, just give yourself 20 seconds of courage, 20 seconds of courage to try kneeboarding or to try recording a podcast or making that phone call that you've been putting off, you know, or for me, it was like writing my first book and I got stuck for a couple of weeks. Like I didn't write very much, you know, it was like, just have courage to write, write, you know, for your first chapter. <laughs> and then you, and then you start building the confidence. So I think once we realize that the fear doesn't go away when we're trying something new, but what the best do is they embrace that feeling and they embrace that, you know, it's not going to always feel perfectly, but that's when they really grow and they learn is outside their comfort zone. Um, and I think, you know, one of the challenges I'd give your listeners, Jared, is like, can you take with me this, the seven day challenge? And that seven day challenge is every single day this week, can you do something that's uncomfortable? Right. And that just means like, Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Getting out of your comfort zone every single day. And you, you start building your courage muscles when you do that. It's like, okay, if I can do it seven days, I can do it for seven more. Yeah, that's huge. And, you know, just talking about just doing it and having the courage to just start something. And that's a big challenge, you know, set seven days. And I would love to know of my listeners out there, you know, report back into me who actually takes up this challenge. I would love to hear from you. But I heard a while back and I'm just totally blanking. I can't believe I am on who said this. I think Stephen Pressfield, you know, the author of, uh, of The War of Art out there and, and a couple of other books, uh, Do the Work as uh, another one that he has. But in Do the Work, I think uh, he talks about, you know, typically we say ready, aim, fire. And he's saying, no, it's, you know, it's ready, fire, aim. You know, you've got to be ready to go and then just go for it and then figure out your aim later. You know, and it all goes back to just starting because once we get the wheels turning and once we get in motion, we're going to build confidence from that. And you know what? If we fail at something, that's growth. That's going to be growth. Most people say they wish they had made the same amount of failures, but just made them faster. And I heard that I heard that a while back as well. And uh, that's so huge for growing mindset. So thank you for issuing that uh, that challenge to us. Tell us here as we get ready to wrap up the podcast, how did you get started in, I know you had talked about your struggles that you had back in college where you, you were trying to do things and you just couldn't make it work, couldn't make it happen. Some other people out there may have had some experiences like that, but didn't go on to be a growth coach and a mindset coach. What took you even a step further to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to figure out this whole mindset thing and how to 
empower people to do it. And I'm going to make that my full-time profession. Well, that's a great question. You know, I think for me, it was just really following what gave me energy and something that I, I really pay attention to every day. It's like, gosh, what, what do I love to do? And, and what do I not? And what, what really gives me energy? And what I noticed was when I was getting out of my comfort zone, <laughs> you know, trying new things, I mentioned how I'm a marathoner. So, you know, that gives me a lot of fuel just to like work to be at my best in the marathon. And when I really paid attention to what gave me energy, it was the, this work that I'm describing, you know, over, over this podcast, Jared, it's like, you know, when I first started working in football, a lot of people asked me like, Sandra, how did you start working in football? You know, uh, because you are short and a female. <laughs> and it's like, well, my first workshop with our college football team, you know, I had so much energy afterwards. It was just like this high. And I knew, you know, that this information and these concepts could really make a difference for them. And it did. The first year, they're undefeated regular season. First time that's ever happened. And then, you know, a couple of years later, they went to the national championship game. So I think following your passion is really important. Following what gives you energy. And then, you know, working every day just to, to live that passion and energy and then I think, you know, in general, I, I get to see amazing results <laughs> from people implementing these concepts. And that's what keeps me excited and energized and, you know, keeps me recording the podcasts or just working every day to, you know, what can I, what I, what can I continue to learn so that I can help people grow and, and be at their highest level. Great. And certainly we'll link people to your book whenever it comes out. I know we've got just a little ways now. So tell us other places that we can find you so that we can steer more people your way and, uh, and you can help even more people out there. Yeah, you can go to my website, which is drsyndra.com. There I host a, a video blog and I send a video out every two weeks. And so you can subscribe to my videos there and they're really short and usually packed full of strategies. So I'd encourage you to, to go there and that's where you get the top 10 traits of high performers list as well. Um, and then you'll learn about when my book comes out. I'm always on Twitter and my Twitter handle is mentally underscore strong. So that's also where you can find me. And if you liked the message today and the concepts, I'd encourage you to check out the podcast, High Performance Mindset. So on that podcast, every week I record um, an interview with somebody related to high performance. And then I, I also deliver a between five and 10 minute message about any topic related to high performance. So pretty much, Jared, anything that we talked about, you can find a podcast episode about that. And then and then, then some because, you know, I could probably talk for like 10 hours without stopping. <laughs> well, just on these concepts alone that we've talked about here today, I mean, we could go on and on. So hopefully we can have you on as a repeat guest on the Success 101 podcast. I know I'm grateful for you being here today and look forward to checking out your book whenever it comes out. And uh, we'll definitely go to your, your website as well and point people there to uh, check out all the new things that you're putting out. And thanks for spending your time here with us and your busy schedule. Jared, thank you so much for having me. I'm really grateful. And I would love to hear what people think about the podcast, what stood out to you, any feedback you have. Um, would love to hear from you. So you can you know, reach me at mentally underscore strong if you're on Twitter, or uh, you can shoot me an email at syndra at syndracampoff.com. Just so that they don't forget what the challenge was. It was seven days. Oh, yeah. Seven days, every single day for seven days, do something that gets you out of your comfort zone. Even if it's something small, something big, it doesn't matter. Something every day for seven days to get out of your comfort zone and then repeat that challenge after the seven days. 
That's awesome. Thanks so much for issuing that to us. And uh, we wish you the best out there in your business and your endeavors and keep helping people uh, build strong mindsets because we all need stronger ones out there in the world we're in today. Thank you, Jared. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the Success 101 podcast, do me a favor and head on over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating and even a review and share this with friends or family or anyone you know who might benefit from higher levels of peak performance. If you would like to connect with me directly, the best way to do that is the Success 101 podcast at gmail.com. In the next couple of weeks, my fully scaled website will be available with all show notes and recordings and blog. That can be found at success101podcast.com. I can also be found in the world of social media in several avenues. On Facebook at facebook.com slash success101podcast. On Instagram at jared underscore warren. And on Twitter at Warren Jared. I thoroughly enjoyed having Dr. Sindra Camp off on the podcast today and having you here with me to learn more about mindset training techniques. Join me again on the next episode of the Success 101 podcast. Until then.